Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports? I hope that you love the Coach Prost. Let's go with that ass. Let's go with that ass. Now, regardless of the fact, if LSU and Arkansas play this Saturday, Coach Prost, we appreciate it. LSU, it's time to go with that ass. It is time for us to stand up and go with some ass. I'm tired of getting our butt beat. But we, we got to make sure we have a game first before any of that happens, and we'll be talking about that tonight. We got a good show in store for you. The LSU-Arkansas game, is it in jeopardy? What are we hearing? I hope that it's going to happen. I think Arkansas, well, I don't think. I'm hearing that Arkansas is getting really close to that 53 number. Hopefully, LSU and Arkansas will play this Saturday. Miles Brennan returning to practice. Is he done for the season? Is he not? What impact would he have if he's able to come back? I do believe he will be done for the season. But I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant on that. A little bit of a rant on this whole Miles Brennan situation. Because I think it's Rudy Poop. So you want to stay in two for that as well. Also, my good friend and the newest member of the guesting of the show, Mr. Carter, is going to be joining us. I know a lot of you already know the man who does so well. We're going to have Carter on with us. I don't know. I'm trying to make sure my screen's not freezing. But anyway, Carter Bryant is going to be joining the show around 7.30. He's going to be joining us in stream. We'll be looking forward to that as always. Also, we will take your calls at 225-435-9387. That's 225-435-9387 if you want to call in. We do have some action tonight. We have the NBA draft. I hope that the New Orleans Pelicans... Draft Skylar Mays out of LSU. Doubtful that they will because that's just a New Orleans thing. They don't draft LSU guys. But we will see. Getting to some of the comments, Mr. Dylan Landry, as always, says, let's go. Danny Krantz says, let's go, Blake. What's up, Danny? David says, what's his story on Arkansas and COVID? Haven't heard or seen anything about it being postponed. But from your earlier post, we will talk about that. David, let's get it, says Stephen Miller. Now, he is a big fan of Coach Prost. All that ridicule you took. Now, let's go beat their ass. <laughs> I did that for my good friend, Mr. Stephen Miller. Uh, Danny says, I almost beat Stephen in this time. He's the man still undefeated. Yes, he is still undefeated. I think maybe once our good friend, Dylan, uh, did not comment first. But it comes hella high water when he doesn't. Steven says, every ounce of the fiber in your bone, like Coach Prost. Danny says, go get it, Coach. Let's kick their ass. Hashtag Rafino's rant, says Danny as well. Yeah, we're going to get into a Rafino's rant. But before we get to that, guys, we got to pay the bills around this thing for us to keep functioning around this mother. And none better. And I talked to my good friend Trey Varnado today. 
big, big LSU fan over at GM Varno and Sons. GM Varno and Sons has faithfully been serving your Denim Springs and Baton Rouge area for over 62 years. With their highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can't do. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, truck repair, routine maintenance, tire sales, tire rotations, no job is too big and or too small over at GM. Give them a call today at 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. And go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard, Denham Springs, Louisiana. And if that car is just breaking down a little too much, and not even our good friends at GM can fix that thing for you, go see our good friend, Mr. Woody Clark, over at Robertson's Brother, Robertson Brothers Ford Lincoln in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Hashtag ask for Woody. My man's out there slinging again. The number one Ford salesman in all the state of Louisiana, 225-603-5432. That's 225-603-5432. Go see all of their units and inventory at RobinsonBrothersFord.com. That's RobinsonBrothersFord.com. Hashtag ask for Woody. Okay, let's get started here. I know a lot of people are, are have asked and, and reference to this or in reference to what I'm hearing around the LSU and Arkansas game. As of right now, the game is scheduled to be played. Not once did I say, and I probably should have worded it a little different. Now, I deleted the first post post because everybody was messaging me, oh my God, the game's canceled. So I just figured that everyone was taking my words and misconstruing them. And on Twitter, you don't get the edit button. We can do some fleeting or tweeting or whatever that's called now that you got the Twitter stories but you don't have an edit button. So I took a step back and said exactly what I was hearing. The University of Arkansas had some COVID cases last week with their head coach and Sam Pittman, and now they're getting some more positive cases this week, says Hunter Yurchek and and head coach Sam Pittman. Now, Sam Pittman this morning did say that they have an adequate amount of players to play this game against LSU. However, from what I'm hearing around Arkansas is that it's not the positive cases of COVID-19, but it's the contact tracing. So if this comes about and if LSU and Arkansas aren't playing, that would be the third game, the third game that LSU would have to have postponed or canceled this season. However, I am going, so today is the 18th of November. I'm going to keep all the faith that this game gets played because I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, if I would be able to take a day or take another weekend, not another day, but take another weekend without LSU football. I I can't do it. What the Rudy Pooh is going on here? Sitting at home every weekend, everybody else playing football. I'm not saying anything negative about COVID-19 and the pandemic and all that. That's not what I'm saying. I just really, really wish that we could have LSU football. I'm tired of it, y'all. I'm tired of it. I can't take it anymore. Miles Agnew says on Facebook Live, Gilbert will have over 100 this weekend. Book it. Yeah, I hope that he does, and I hope that we play. 
Now, I think that Arkansas, from what I also understand, will do everything that they can to play. I'm not going to say that they're going to break any rules or do anything like that, but it would seem as if that they're going to do every single thing that they can do to play. Which is a really, really good (laughs) scenario if you're having this go on. I think if they had 54 players, even if they had 53 players, they're going to run everybody out there. Now, I did hear that Arkansas did have some key players that would be out for this game if it were being played. Some people had whispered that it could possibly be Felipe Franks, the quarterback, one-time LSU commit. I cannot confirm or deny that, but that would be interesting. You know, Vegas never really gets it wrong. I mean, they're in the business of making money. Monday, you had Arkansas, who was favored by a point and a half. And if I'm not mistaken, the line has gone up to plus three. It's a big swing. A very, very, very big swing. In a day, day and a half. So what do they know that we do not? I think Monday they started hearing that kids were getting COVID-19 and then the line continued to go up as the new batch of testing happened. And you see what's going on. Marvin Mackey says, who got COVID, Razorback team or LSU? LSU is not the team this time. Arkansas is the team that has their COVID-19 issues. And not so much that they have players testing positive, more so on the fact of the contact tracing. Which is unfortunate. Uh, Marvin says, I can take it. I, I, can t- I can't take. I don't even watch if LSU don't play. Man, I don't want to either. Blake McGraw says, I took that plus one and a half three days ago on the betting odds. But that's a lot of money coming in for LSU, who's been off. You know, starting Saturday, it would be three weeks since they've played a game. Now... <laughs> I understand that it's an early kickoff and LSU always doesn't come out the best on these early kickoffs. But hell, you've been all three weeks. You had to play the game in three weeks. I expect you to come out and ready to play. I expect you to come out with some fire, with some hunger in your gut. Because if you don't, if you don't, we got an issue. We have a serious issue if LSU comes out flat. But I don't think they will. I don't think they will. Stephen Miller says five-point swing in the spread since Sunday morning. Guys, that's huge. That is huge. When LSU was supposed to play Alabama and people started finding out that all these players could possibly miss because of COVID, it went from a 21-point spread to a 28 and over a night. That's humongous. Absolutely huge. Uh, Danny asked, was that the 3.30 CBS game? No, it's an 11 o'clock game, Danny. I don't know if CBS is going to have LSU on for a while. You know, it's not the days of old when LSU and Arkansas would be playing on a Friday of the week of Thanksgiving for probably the ugliest trophy, in my opinion, in all of college football, the Golden Boot. And I know that LSU plays for it, but guys, that thing's ugly. It's not even ugly. It's fugly. It's U-G-L-Y. You ain't got no alibi. You ugly. Ugly. 
And yes, I remember that that little chant because of the cheerleaders at my Pee Wee and high school football games. U G L Y, you ain't got no alibi. You ugly. <laughs> you play football long enough, you gonna you gonna remember them chants. You gonna remember them cheerleader chants. California oranges, Texas cactus. We think your team needs a little practice. Especially when your stadium's so small and they're screaming it right behind your ear. Stanton Pendarvis says, hope all is well, Blake. I hope all is, all is well with you, good sir. Uh, Steven says, Blake McGraw, hope you hammered the overs tonight. Yeah, what we got going on in the action? I saw that we had like a triple fumble. One team had possession, the other team got possession, then the team got possession back. The maction's going to maction, y'all. Let's see. David says, need to make adjustments with contract tracing. Should allow test out as if... Allow to test out, excuse me, as if had a positive test with three uh, successful negative tests. That's what they let Saban do. Marvin Mackey says, straight up, fired up, up, hitting every everything moving. I hope that they do, and I hope that they are. Man, I wouldn't mind if LSU came out. I don't want them to get penalties, but man, getting some pushing matches. Make this game feisty, dog. Show some energy. That's all I'm saying, man. I would not mind. I would not mind if LSU started getting a little bit scrappy. Hell, they need to. Uh, Stephen Miller says, touchdown Broncos, Western Michigan, 28 unanswered points. In the blink of an eye, 28-14. Man, you can't sit down for a second. For a second. In the action. Uh, Danny says, my nose got Clemson at the same time, so I'll be, I'll have something to watch. Then. <laughs> hey, um, Danny, I saw my good friend TJ Pettinger uh, from Double Fries No Slaw head on Kirk Herbstreet talking about uh, the Knowles. I also saw that Chiba Purdy is going to be out for the season with the collarbone. That stinks. God, that kid's going to, that kid's pretty good. That stinks he's out for the season. Hopefully he can come back and uh and, and come back and just really do good next season because he's a he's going to be a star for the nose. Mark LeGrain says they're spreading it through too much swine contact. Maybe I just want them to play. I just seriously want them to play. Don't care what it looks like. I'm just really feeding for some LSU athletics. Hell, thank God we got basketball coming up this upcoming Wednesday. And by the way, there were some breaking news about an hour or two before we came on the show that Sharif O'Neal, the son of Shaquille O'Neal, has been cleared and eligible to play. So that's some big news. That is some really, really, really big news. Uh, Jennifer Smith-Harmon, what's going on, ma'am? She says, Blake Rafino, your top four right now. Not what you think at the end of the season, but today. Okay, my top four would be Alabama number one, Ohio State. No, 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 no. Alabama number one, Notre Dame number two, Ohio State number three, Clemson number four, possibly. I would put Texas A&M five because they did beat Florida 
And then I would put Florida sixth. So I'll give you my top six. So that is Alabama, Notre Dame, um, Clemson. No, not Clemson. I need. I should have wrote this down. What did I say? Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. Look, I like. I really, really, really like Notre Dame up front. I look. I, I, I don't like Notre Dame really all that much, but they're nasty up front. They pushed Clemson around all four quarters of that game. Guys, they ran for over 200 yards against Clemson. You don't just do that unless you got horses up front. Um, John Adams says beach volleyball starting soon. Yeah, I love me some beach volleyball. Don't, you know, don't watch it a lot. But if it's an LSU athletic, I probably will watch it if LSU's football team isn't able to play. Um... Danny says, yeah, Chubba was, is the future. Really sucks he's out for the year. Hopefully, J-Trav can stay healthy to finish the year. Let's hope. Let's hope so. Stephen Miller says, the ugliest trophy in the damn pig that Indiana plays for uh, against Michigan State, I believe. Yeah, that's pretty ugly. It's pretty ugly, too. Craig Granger says, how y'all living? We're doing good, Craig. We're doing good, sir. Glad you could join us. Glad, glad you could join us. He says, flock up. Hell yeah, fuck up. I really, Craig, let me say this, and I, I don't know if you missed it in the beginning. I really, really, really hope that in the second round or even late first, they the New Orleans Pelicans find a way to draft Skyler Mays. I really do. I want to see Skyler go to New Orleans, but that's just me. That is just me. Danny says, if Notre Dame had more depth, they could go deep. They look really good. I agree with that statement, Danny, wholeheartedly. I really, really do. Um, On this LSU train, and I want to get to Miles Brennan before we get to my good friend, Mr. Carter. Um, Because I have a lot of people asking me this, how confident I believe that Arkansas will play versus LSU because of the COVID stuff that's going on. I really feel it's 50-50 at this current moment. I don't feel confident about it. But listen, let me tell you this. And the reason I say it's a uh, it could be in jeopardy and there's a good possibility, anytime you talk about 50-50 of a game being played, you always lean on the side of caution that there's a damn good chance. A really damn good chance. Because, guys, if there wasn't anything going on, we wouldn't really be talking about it. We'd be talking about the game. Now, we're going to continue to talk about it as if the game's going on, but I don't think it's fair to all you, are you Syrians, all you LSU fans, to tell you, okay, guys, we're going to play. Huh? They keep having people test positive for the Rona. So I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that at all. Um, let's see. David says, sorry, David, I missed your comment there. He said, would love to see Bama, Florida, Notre Dame, and Clemson in the college football playoff. Uh, well, the problem with that is, is that you would be leaving Ohio State out. And Ohio State's one of, if not the one of the better teams in college football. I don't see you keeping out Ohio State if they remain unbeaten. I, I just can't see it. 
There's no way. They're not going to allow that to happen. Uh, bad news about Verge, but that's for another day. <laughs> I ain't talking about. I ain't. I ain't talking about that right now. I ain't talking about right that right now. Y'all trying to get me in some trouble. Y'all trying to get me in some trouble. Y'all chill out with that dog. John trying to get me in trouble. Yeah, bruh, says Craig Granger. Stephen Miller says, Ed just said the Curry was the only running back that took reps last week. Yeah, he was. And you know what's even crazier, Stephen, is then when the other running backs came back, Curry put out, he said something about, hey, it's God's plan. God's plan. When people start saying stuff like that and you start seeing stuff like that, man. Craig says, raise your eyes to Zion. Hell yeah. Michael Ray, what's up, man? He said, yo, what up? Chat, Gator, go Tigers. What's up, man? What's up? Danny says, who do you think Carolina will go after? I don't think they'll go after Freeze. He'd be great there. Yeah, I... I know that Bill King and a lot of people have talked about, which I went on with Bill King this morning. Go check that interview out on RU Series Sports Network. Um, but I don't think that the SEC is going to allow him in. That's just me, Danny. I would I would almost assume that if Jim Harbaugh's let go at Michigan, that Michigan could pay the money to go get him. I, I think they'd do it. And I think that they wouldn't bat an eye. Uh, but but Danny, back to your back to your question. I don't know that. And for people talking about Joe Brady, all you LSU fans that are watching it and watching this now, I don't think Joe Brady's coming back to the coming back. I don't think that's going to happen. I just don't think that's going to happen. He doesn't like recruiting. He hates it actually. Coastal Carolina coach says Stephen Miller would be a great fit also at USC. USC light. Yep. Jennifer says about COVID, state of Ohio has curfew for three for the next three weeks. If they don't work, they plan to shut down the state. So Ohio State season would be dead. Yeah, but yeah, they could. That's something to monitor for sure. Something. Oh my goodness gracious. It's Colin Thibodeau. Ohio State is only playing six or seven games as of now, best team or not. Do they truly deserve a college football spot? Hell yeah. I mean, they're one of the better teams. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you trust Texas A&M to beat, if it were a neutral field, do you trust Texas A&M to beat Ohio State? I don't care about the games that they played, really. I care about getting the best teams in. That's all that I care about. You get the best teams in. But But that's me. That is me. I don't think I think Ohio State's going to lose in the playoffs again. But regardless, they're still one of the top four teams until they get beat. Uh, John Adams says, "Blake, how about an AYS visor? I could do that. Like I'm Kirby Smart. We could get an. A- See, my hat's getting a little a uh, little old here. I need to go get some. I need to do some more stuff. I need to get me some more stuff." Mark Lagrange says, "Did you see Tre'Davious White get bumped out of defending that last second uh, play in Bills game? Yeah, I sure did." I have no idea who this is. Okay. Well, you're on the line with Blake Rafino and RU Serious Sports. You got four minutes. Who do we have the pleasure of talking to tonight? Okay. Well, 
Don't know who that was. Whoever that was that just called in, you can't call back. Sorry we missed your call there. Michael Ray says, Yo, Blake, what do you think about the QB room? Look like fall camp 2021. Um, let's talk about that right quick. That's a good question because I wanted to get on this little rant about Miles Brennan. Um, hold on. We got a phone call. All right. You're on the line with Blake Rafino and Are You Serious Sports? It looks like we got Colin Thibodeau. Thibodeau, you got three minutes. What's happening, dog? Hey, all right. Look, I get you. Hey, turn it. Hey, hey, turn the stream down in the in the background. Turn the stream down back in the background. Turn it down. Oh, all right, all right. let me get to it. All right. So my thing with Ohio State is what they've had one game postponed already so far. Who Ohio State? Yeah. Yeah, against Maryland. Yep. So, so chances are they aren't going to make up that game. I don't think they will. I, I don't. Know. No, they can't make they up that game. Then, so you're short. So now you're playing a six-game schedule, and these other guys have played at least eight to ten games, probably more, depending on championship games. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't. I don't like the the single-digit game playing and still getting in and competing for a championship. I'm like you, whether they're making it or not, I still think they lose in the, in the first round. They, they, they ain't making it out because they're Ohio State and they don't know how to make it pass. And honestly, I don't know. They play Texas A&M in the first round? Ohio State doesn't show up in the... Uh, they in the ain't beating Texas a- I mean, Texas A&M ain't beating them, Colin. They're too damn good. Hey. Uh, they too and dog. <laughs> I don't know about that. How, but but how how good do we know that they are? With, with six games, six games. Well, here's the truth. How do you really know how good that any of these teams right now are? Because you got Indiana that's undefeated in the Big Ten. Now, if they beat let's let's throw this out here, uh, Colin. What if they beat Indiana that is ten and zero? I mean, so I, I, I'm not going to punish Ohio State for going undefeated in what I believe to be the second-best conference in college football and keeping them out of the playoff. And, I mean, I, I just can't do it. I, I just can't do it, Colin. Well, Colin, listen, we got a guest coming up. We got uh, Mr. Carter coming up. But I appreciate you calling in, man. And you know you're more than welcome to call in anytime, brother. Anytime, buddy. All right, thanks, man. All right, let's get to a couple of the comments before we get to uh, Mr. Carter. Uh, Blaine Smith says, what's up, guys? What's up, Blaine? Um, John says, but you can't deny Ohio State is a top four team. They got to be 6-0, 7-0. No, they're a top four team, guys. I'm sorry. Now, are they better than they were last year? As uh, What's that song? Hell no to the no, no, no. Hell to the no. They ain't as good as they were last year, y'all. It just ain't true. Kyle Marsh says, long time no see, y'all. Screw Notre Dame. Okay. Man, I say that Notre Dame's my number two team in the nation, and y'all just, y'all trashing on Notre Dame. What's up with this? I'm going to get back to the Miles Brennan thing after we have our good friend, Mr. Carter, on here, um, because I really want to get to that. I mean, they got to do something, but Mr. Carter Bryant is going to be joining us. But before we get to him, 
Guys, you got to go see our good friends over. Well, I was going to say at Area Home Lending, but my good friend, Mr. John Patton, over at Area Home Lending. Guys, with all the help from the Federal Reserve, it has pushed mortgage rates down to the lowest that they've ever been. If you're considering buying a new home, saving money on that mortgage that you have now, or even doing that cash out refi, the timing has never been better. 225-663-2500. That's 225-663-2500. Tell them Blake Rafino over at AYS sent you. And also for all of your criminal needs, personal injury, criminal defense, real estate, and successions, there's no law firm that will be a better partner for you than the Drake Law Firm. Ernie Drake has been a lifelong friend of mine. Go see him today at 154 West Pine Street, Ponchatoula, Louisiana. Give him a call for a free consultation at 985-386-7600. That's 985-386-7600. 985-386-7600. Tell him Blake Rafino over at AYS sent you. All right, we got our good friend, Mr. Carter Bryant. Carter, what's going on tonight, man? Man, everything fun happens on Pine Street. I like that. Man. <laughs> I, I was my my girlfriend had an optometry uh, exam, and it was on a Pine Street. It's on e- every single Pine Street that I've ever been to. Legit. I and I was thinking about it. Like uh, one of the best comedy shows I've ever done was on Pine Street. I I promise you, it's always <laughs> Pine Street where all the good stuff. So if I need a lawyer, okay, go on to Pine Street. And seeing whoever that was, that was just on your ad. I'm sorry, the the law firm. But yeah, that's Drake Law Firm right there. But yes, Drake, go go see them. Drake Law Firm. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me, Blake. Uh, it's fun. It's funny though, because we don't always get too excited about Arkansas and LSU, right? Right. If we actually do, uh, if we actually do have a game. But it's interesting though, because you know we're talking about Pine Street and proximity and all of that. Mm-hmm. The game between Arkansas and LSU means so much different for people that live in North Louisiana and South Arkansas compared to what it means for people that live in South Louisiana. Because, you know, obviously you're a Louisianian through and through. You know, we always joke about this, that North Louisiana and South Louisiana are just two completely diff- different continents. Right. And it it's interesting because you see so much Arkansas stuff in North Louisiana and in South Arkansas, where I grew up, um, you see so much LSU stuff. I mean, there's three season ticket holders that grew up on uh, in the small town in Arkansas that I grew up, including myself. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fascinating because this rivalry means a lot of people. It uh, means a lot to a lot of people in this central Oreo part of the state, and that's what's really fascinating about it. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Is and you explained it fantastic. Uh, I'm putting this up there so people can see where they can follow you on Twitter as well. At yeah. Carter, the power on Twitter. Um, Carter, that was what I was going to ask you and was really my first question. You dove into it. Because here, you know, and I'm in the southeast part in Tanchebo, Hammond area. But it's usually if LSU ever plays Tulane or Southeastern or the smaller schools, it's always like, hey, man, y'all about to get clapped, but it's okay because daddy's going to show you who's boss. Is that the same for you, like in Arkansas, like you mentioned, that it's like more of a – it doesn't matter what the team's records are. It matters, like, who wins the game. To kind of have that 
I don't want to say seniority, but that Pravis of just saying, hey, we're the best. Yeah, it's a lot of that. And, you know, a lot of people listen to your show. They're hardworking people. In this part of of the states, North Louisiana, South Arkansas, so many people work together with a fan of the different school. It's crazy. So for those people, you know, it's bragging rights when you go to work every day. And mm. I, I went to LSU and uh, I covered Arkansas for a long time as well. And now I'm back covering LSU all the time uh, with, with my YouTube channel. It's funny, though, because a lot of the same people cross over whenever they watch my stuff there. So it's very interesting when you're part or when when you're from this area, because it is so much different than Northwest Arkansas, which for those that don't know, it's very mountainous. Northwest Mm -hmm. Arkansas is a completely different. it, It looks like Colorado whenever you're driving into it from Louisiana. So. It's interesting because South Arkansas and North Louisiana are more alike than North Louisiana and South Louisiana and South Arkansas and North Arkansas. So it's uh, it, it's a really fascinating dynamic, and that's what I think makes this rivalry so much fun outside of it not being competitive, but luckily enough for everyone on Saturday that it's going to be a competitive game. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is that, you know – the next question, too, is, you know, I remember a lot of great LSU-Arkansas games. Right. You know, like I talked about it this morning on uh, with Bill King on the radio, and people were asking me, hey, what's your favorite one? And I remember the Tyran Matthew punt return that kind of started getting people to like, yeah. oh, shit, like we got to give this guy a Heisman ballot. Like we got to put him on our Heisman. And then the Jarvis Landry one-hand catch in the back of the end zone, like that was absolutely phenomenal. But Carter, for you, what was the best? Well, and I should say, too, before I ask you this, the Darren McFadden running all over LSU in 2007 kind of broke my heart a little bit. But for you, what was your oh, God, favorite yeah. LSU-Arkansas game? So it's funny. You mentioned the Jarvis-Landry game. And it's funny because uh, as LSU fans, we always had the debate, who's better, Jarvis or Odell? That game solidified that Jarvis Landry is a better wide receiver than Odell in college because so many people talk about the Jarvis Landry one-handed catch, and it's probably the most ridiculous catch we've ever seen an LSU Tiger make. Uh, For those that haven't seen it, it's legit mind-blowing, and you you have thousands of LSU fans that tune into your show every week, so everyone knows what I'm talking about. The craziest thing, though, about that game was Jarvis Landry also called the game-winning touchdown pass when Anthony Jennings had to drive the team down 98 yards because they didn't have Zach Mettenberger. Right. Jarvis Landry called some of the plays on that drive. So personally, as an LSU fan, knowing how much I love Jarvis Landry, you know, and the backstory behind it, that's actually one of my favorite Arkansas-LSU games. But obviously, the most memorable one is that 2007 triple overtime game which is so wild because in your mind you remember that Arkansas was like just dominant you, you've never seen Craig Stelts look so out of position and it, <laughs> it, it was wild to even see it unfold the craziest thing was in overtime 
Arkansas completed a fourth and 10 to keep the game alive, and it didn't have anything to do with Darren McFadden. So, right. Uh, and, and about the Tyron Matthew game, Arkansas actually started that game up 14 to zero, mm-hmm. and LSU scored 41 unanswered points. And during that decade of games, that was the only LSU and Arkansas matchup that wasn't decided by more than one possession. Each and every other game, I believe, during the decade was decided by eight eight points or less. And even the one there, it was weird, Blake, because Alabama was the number one team in the country. LSU was the number two team in the country. And Arkansas was the number three team in the country. That's right. And wild, Blake, that all three of the best teams in college football we're all in the same division, but Arkansas was the only one of those teams that wasn't an annual top 10 recruiter. Well, you know what's interesting, and this is my story that uh, that happened in that 2007. So after the SEC championship game, Les actually made a trip to Franklinton, Louisiana, where I grew up. And he wow. went on a recruiting visit to see Brandon Taylor and his brother Jiren. Well, I was really close with Jiren, and Jiren called me that morning. And I know my mom's in the stream, and she remembers it. And she could, you know, she can remember the day that Jiren called me. He was like, "Hey, bro, Miles is coming over to my house. Why don't you come over and meet him?" And I was like, "Okay, cool." So I get over there after church, and Coach Miles are on the visit. He's talking to him, and you know, they were kind of like, "Hey, really, don't say anything to him. Just come and shake his hand, whatever." Well, before he left, me being a big LSU fan, I asked Les. I'm like. Say, bro, are we going to the natty or what? And the form less miles, you know, uh, uh, just so less miles. He looks back at me and he goes, you know, son, we're going to win a national title. And I was like, and he gets in this blacked out SUV and they drive off. And so I'm texting everybody on my Razor flip phone. We're going to the natty. We're going to the natty. And they're like, oh, you're just crazy. We're not going. And, man, when they said it, the BCS, that we were playing Alabama, I was like, I mean, not Alabama, Ohio State. I was like, told you. I told you. So it was that was like my claim to fame after that. Yeah, and and that was so wild. That game was just so freaking wild. That's so cool, you know, Jiren and Brandon Taylor, both of them such underrated LSU players. I, it was weird. I think Brandon led the 2011 team in tackles or something like that. He's just yep. more number was, 18 and everything. Wow. Yeah. And, and it was where I knew Brandon in college. He was such an interesting guy. So, you know, as we look at this game now, the funniest thing about it, Blake, is that this game has already made college football history because this is the biggest shift in point spread in the history of college football, where last year LSU was a 42-point favorite, and now Arkansas is a one-point favorite. And this is the craziest thing. Blake Frederick Rafino III of Nottingham. I know that's your official <laughs> name. I'll let you up. This is the wildest thing about this game, okay? Most of Arkansas's players from last year's game are playing in this year's game. Mm-hmm. So a lot of their talent outside of their new quarterback, Felipe Franks, are guys that once uh, played in Tiger Stadium last year and watched their team get throttled. And something you also got to keep a, an eye out for, for the people watching from New Orleans, Joe Fusha for Arkansas had a great year, and he was a three-star defensive back just a few years ago. So yep. um, 
it's very fascinating because Arkansas oftentimes, and this doesn't get talked about a lot, Arkansas oftentimes recruits the three-star Louisiana kids that don't get LSU offers, as do a lot of schools, uh, especially now that O is recruiting outside of the state. So uh, it's a little extra motivation for the people in the Arkansas lot of locker room that knows Joe and Obviously, every high school Louisiana kid wants to go to LSU, and then you end up going to Arkansas. That game is always circled on their calendar. Carter, you bring up an interesting point there about, and I talked about this last night, and I'm going to talk about it again here with you, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit and want your take on this LSU team this year. Last year, they weren't the they weren't the hunted; they were the hunter. They were the people that were going out and trying to get the prey. They were trying to be the national title winners. They were trying to be the best team ever. Now they're being now they're the hunted. This Arkansas team comes in and you bring up an interesting point. Is is that edge that an Arkansas play with? Is it as simple for this LSU team that has struggled that they just don't have that edge like an Arkansas even though they do have a losing record but they should be. In my opinion, they should have that winning record. Do you think it's just that simple? Yeah, I mean, one thing, and I went deep into my LSU channel about this this week, is, and and trust me, I love Ed Orgeron, I'm an LSU fan, the difference in coaching staffs have been so drastic, LSU and their assistants haven't made the same type of adjustments that Arkansas and their assistants have this year, and outside of just getting blown out in the second half of the Georgia game, if you just sat down and watched Arkansas play a game. They get better throughout the course of a game. Yeah, and that's the sign of a great coaching staff. Whereas for LSU, it's been a little bit different. I, I did some research, and in particular on the road, LSU's defense has struggled with communication, and that has turned out to be a problem. And six of the last eight road games that LSU has played, they've given up 21 or more second half points. Mm-hmm. Now, if I would have told you, Blake, Frederick, Nottingham, a third, whatever I said, <laughs> that LSU would have won a national championship last year, giving up all those points in the second half, you would have to think that there'd be a Joe Burrow type of player. Lucky enough, LSU had it. Well, this year they don't have it. And it is important that you make those second half adjustments. And so far this year, trust me, you or I, Blake, we're not great football coaches. I I hate to speak on your behalf, okay? I'm not a great football coach, but anyone can tell you during the Mississippi State game that you had to flip the coverage against Missouri. You had to change up what you were doing defensively, especially after Derek Stingley Jr. had the freak injury in that game. Mm-hmm. And against Auburn, the same thing. Gus Malzahn running the same pre-snap motion, running LSU ragged because they stayed in man coverage. I know I got a little technical, but it's simple stuff that you and I could see. And when you start seeing that and it not changing, that's the problem. And here's the scariest thing, Blake. As an LSU fan, is that of all the teams that LSU's played so far, they've not even played a top five SEC offense yet. Auburn at six is the toughest offense. So you still have Texas A&M, 
still have Alabama, and I know those are different games for a different day. Arkansas is the weakest offense left on LSU's schedule. So there's no excuses going into this weekend. You had more time to prepare. Arkansas played a late game where they were ran ragged by Florida in the second half. You have got to come out and play better defensively. And if you don't, it is time for Ed Orgeron to hand over the play calling defensive duties to somebody else. Carter, I, I mean, listen, it, it's tough to really push back on you on that. You know, Dave Aranda even – look, Dave Aranda and that LSU defense gave up 17 in the first half to Clemson. And then after that in the second half, after making adjustments, only give up eight. Then you go and right. win a national title. So giving up a – you know, coming in and out of the half – and making those adjustments were really is that that was like the pinnacle of Dave Aranda. Now sometimes he wasn't able to do it really good, right. you know, yeah. but he was able to make it, and the guys understood what he was trying to get across. Um, what do you see in this game, Carter? Do you see a focused LSU team coming out, and do you think that LSU could could and possibly and probably will win this game, or would do you give it over to Arkansas? Well, LSU had time to prepare, and when you go back and you put on the Auburn tape, you know, we we put a lot on T.J. Finley's plate. He honestly just made two really bad mistakes. Now, those two mistakes directly turned into 14 points, but he was moving the football. That's the That's the kind of crazy thing. He was moving the football up and down the field. He had a bad roughing the passer call that did not go his way when he slid and got hit late. So now that he has time to prepare, it's going to be difficult because Arkansas's defense, they're really good at not giving up anything easy. They play a lot of three-man rush, drop eight guys back, and they have very experienced, smart, savvy guys, but... I believe T.J. Finley can move the football. I know there's not a lot of confidence in him going into this weekend. But once again, I tell everyone, sit down and watch the Auburn game. He was able to actually move the football some. The most important thing is don't make the back-breaking mistakes. That is what ultimately killed him in that game. So, yeah, I I do think LSU can win this game. The thing, Blake, that I just don't want to see. And here's the thing. And Blake, I'm sure you get these messages too when you're anytime semi-critical of LSU football. <laughs> you always get these messages like, oh my God, what did you expect after our national champion? Here's the thing. We're not asking LSU to come out and be the 79 Steelers. We're not, <laughs> no, right. one, no one ever said that. What we want to see is discipline, smart, basic LSU defense physical, fearless, knock-them-in-the-mouth defense. Because as critical as people were of Dave Aranda, efficiency-wise, on a per-play basis, his defense was actually as good as the 2018 defense. The only difference was Joe Burrow was so daggum good that LSU scored so fast, and the LSU defense had to play more plays. So Mm. I think LSU will be able to run the football some. I do be I, I do think they will be able to slow things down, slow things down just a little bit. And if they do, they will have an opportunity to win this game. 
Yeah, I get the messages you do too, Carter. Because look, I, I can be critical, and it's not right? it's not that I'm just critical of like I want ill will or anything bad for the kids no. or coaches. But you know, for an example, when and and I use him because I know he probably he doesn't really care because he called him on his own self out. But against South Carolina, when Terrace Marshall catches those two slants from T.J. Finley, takes one to the house, and then the following week against Auburn, he drops both of them. Those are those small things. And then when you have a small, a uh, uh, young quarterback in T.J. Finley, who I covered a lot in Ponchatoula, he feels like he's got to do more than what he actually was doing, and he got in trouble. And hopefully, you know, the coaches sit him down and say, hey, look, you don't have to do that. Just get it to your athletes in space, and you don't have to do anything really special. Just do what Joe did. I mean, Joe would just throw it up to Jamar and say, hey, dog, <laughs> go get right. it. So, But, look, we do have a question here from our good friend, Mr. Stephen Miller. Uh, he says, hashtag ask Carter, do you think the mistakes TJ made versus Auburn was just a freshman trying to do too much and alluding to what we were talking about that I'm with you and that Carter, and that's what I've been saying too. I think it was just freshman mistakes. I, and, yeah. and you allude to that as well. That's what you think most of that was because he did have a lot of plays to Jare Jenkins across the middle and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I want to point this out. Okay. You should watch a football game basic, right? You should always just watch a football game basic. Who scored the touchdown? What's the score? What's the feeling like? Because it's too hard as a diehard LSU fan like me and you, Blake, to just sit down and try and break down everything uh, a football player should do. Like, we're not going to be able to watch Liam Shanahan do his normal assignment on every play. It's really tough. So what I often tell people, though, is like normally on YouTube, the whole game is uploaded. Somebody uploads the game. And whenever you actually watch the game, watch the other people on the field and try and guess if they're doing the right thing. And that's the crux of LSU's issues right now is that the reason why everything looks so bad is that it's not only the mistakes are made to the play side, or it's not only a guy overthrowing a receiver or, or a quarterback getting sacked. It's, different parts of the field where there's mental mistakes happening. And when those things happen, they begin to add up. Now, I will say this. I've spoken to a few former players, and you know one thing, Blake? I, I, I was shocked by this. A lot of them are really fed up. And I thought that they would be yeah. a little bit more lenient since yeah. they played for – and now that I know that you know a lot of people that have played, yeah, you know – they don't they don't like what they're seeing and they all say the same thing to me hey i'm starting to see a lot of give up i'm starting to see a lot of lack of effort i'm starting to see a lot of people that don't believe in the scheme and here's the thing blake do the small things right and you know we always say that but we never provide specificity okay mm. a good example of this so tj finley we all remember the fumble sack that gave auburn the 14-0 lead we would like to forget it. So we put the blame on TJ Finley for that mistake. Well, the protection broke down. Cam Wire had his first bad pass set as a starter. Okay. He was going up against Big Cat Bryant, who's great. But the real mistake was made after the play where John Emory Jr. had an easy opportunity to just tackle him and he just kind of brushed him with the shoulder. So 
that's a huge difference from the 2019 team. Now, they didn't have many fumbles or anything like that. But the 2019 team, when you watch them, the, everyone was doing their job. They were doing the small, little, smart things right. Even when Justin Jefferson didn't catch a pass, he would always trail and try and make a block. It's just all these little things that 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 you see, and that is what former players tell me is their biggest issue. It's not, you know, the mistakes because you're going to blow coverages. That happens. It's all these little things, and what happens when you go on the road and you're all the way up in Fayetteville, and, you're <laughs> and it's cold as up. hell. <laughs> yes. You're waking up at 11 a.m. And here's the thing. Fayetteville is an unbelievable town. I, I tell everyone to go I visit. Agree. But, but you wake up so early and the season's not going your way. And you become a little less motivated to do the little thing that you're supposed to do on a play. And just that little inch in the SEC where everybody's athletic, where every week now you're playing an SEC team, those mistakes begin to expand, and that's where we are right now with LSU football. You nailed it on the head. You know, talking about Brandon Taylor, I know that I listened to an interview he did with Ben Love out in Lafayette, and he, right. he even brought up the, the game that I knew about, but he brought it up and told everybody about it against West Virginia uh, when they were just getting obliterated. And he was saying, look, every, and he was just barking it out, everybody, man on man, y'all get pressure, we're going to lock them down. They don't have that dog in them right now. Right. Like, and and so, you know, like we do our stats, and we have our guys that do our stats for AYS, nine missed tackles at the line of scrimmage, Carter, against Auburn. You can't tell me that a lot of that is scheme either. That means that guys are in place to make plays, and that is a more – uh, the thing where at least when I talk to players and or former players, they're fed up by, right? Like if you right. got four guys around the ball carrier and Bo Nix and he stiff arms somebody and gets in the end zone, that shouldn't happen. Bo Nix is right. not Cam Newton, so I, I, you know I, I'm with you there, and and I I agree, and I hear the uh, the same thing. Last question, I'll get you out of here, Carter. Your score prediction for Saturday? How do you see it going? Ooh, that's tough, man. So obviously, right now Arkansas is the 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 slight favorite. And here's the thing, Blake. I, I I'm I'm going to side with Arkansas simply because of this. Like, until I see them make adjustments during the course of a game, I cannot say this enough: how different playing on the road is than compared to home, because mm. communication is such a big issue when you're on the road and press boxes are different and you know things are just sped up and it's hostile and I'm gonna let people know that Arkansas fans are nuts okay I've done Arkansas <laughs> radio I could break down the whole team but I'm just gonna let you know that that environment there's gonna be more uh fans in there than they're supposed to be allowed in there I'm just gonna let you know that you know, until I see this team respond to something when it doesn't go their way, it's hard for me to pick them even coming off this double bye week, even after Arkansas having such a tough game. So I, I, I will lean Arkansas, but LSU obviously has a very real opportunity because if there is a game that they're going to win, if there's a game that they match up well with for the rest of their schedule, it is this one so mm -hmm. I, I 
I'll lean Arkansas. I'll give you a score. Let's see. I haven't done my full prediction piece on my YouTube channel yet. Uh, let's go 28-24 Razorbacks. Uh, I'm not going to say that I like it because I want LSU to win, but I, I, I like it. I hate it, too. I hate it. I don't want my friends to be hitting me up. Oh, look. You lost. The golden boot is on. Trust me. I'm here to give you my honest opinion, Blake Frederick the Third of Nottingham. And here's the thing, man. Blake, you, you and you, you've been pulling some woges, man. Because I remember when I think it was Steven or someone that reached out to me and said and told me about you. And I was like, wait, are you serious? Sports? They've actually scooped you. You've broken a few stories, man. Yeah, a Goodness. little bit. In the name of Walter Cronkite is going Blake <laughs> with the Columbia shirt, the wannabe Greek body hair getting out of the top oh, of his shirt right there. Yeah, you, I, you didn't is, see that, huh? That's the married yeah, man I, hair. That, that's a man. The, uh, and Blake, <laughs> it is his shack, whatever he has going, the wood grain shack. There's probably an axe and a dead body in the in the freezer over there. Oh, no, but I Blake, promise you there's I am not. Pr- <laughs> I, I'm happy you asked me. I'm proud to see some other people get scoops outside of, you know, the normal Bruce Feldman's out there. So congratulations. Keep up the good work, man, for real. I appreciate that, Carter, and thank you for coming on. You've been absolutely fantastic. Tell everybody, I know that a lot of everybody knows where they can find all of your stuff, but tell everybody where they can find all the great things that you're doing as well. Yeah, uh, really quickly, Steven still owes me wings. So, Steven <laughs> Miller, I know you still owe me chicken wings. And here's the thing. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't even a bet, okay? It was not even a bet. He just said, next time you're in Baton Rouge, I'm going to take you to wings. And let me tell you what, Steven's tailgate is always great. It was crazy. <laughs> There's some dude that cooked some of the best steak I've ever eaten in my life. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wow, that is that is. The thing. So, Steven, next time we're going to find a wing shat on on um, on a Pine, Pine Street, Street somewhere. That's right. There we go. Yeah, we're going to go to Pine Street and then go get some go, go lawyer up after that. <laughs> but no, uh, my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is uh, Power Hour LSU. We dive deep. So obviously, you know, we have fun. We laugh, whatever. I just like to dive deep on one subject. Every video could be recruiting. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, we did a breakdown on, to me, the greatest LSU Tiger of all time, Patrick Peterson. Peterson. We we looked back at his matchups against Julio Jones. He did a full film breakdown and compared it. (laughs) to Derek Singley Jr. or whatever. So here's the thing, Blake. People that love LSU football like your stuff. I want people that are really into LSU football uh, to come watch it. So thank you so much, man. That is so cool. The Brandon Taylor thing gave me chills. I just yeah. I really, really love that guy. Uh, he gave the best interviews when I was in college, when I was still doing the student media thing. So that's that's really cool. Shout out to, 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 to BT and Jiren. That's cool. Uh, but but yeah, man, thanks for having me on. Once again, it's Power Hour LSU, and they can go to my Twitter and see it, whatever. So thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. No problem, man, and thank you so much. We'll have you on again soon. This is absolutely phenomenal, bud. Yeah, man. I'll see you, bud. All right, later. That is Mr. Carter. God, he was so good. Steven Miller, you still owe my man wings. You still owe my man wings. All right. I was going to get to the Miles Brennan thing, but I'm going to table that because that interview was just so good, and I didn't want to cut Carter off. 
and we I wanted to continue to go on with him. Uh, but you know what? We'll table that until tomorrow, and I'll get into a Rafino's rant about the Miles Brennan situation on what I think. But until then, all you crazy cat and kittens, my name's Blake Rafino, and this is Are You Serious Sports? Y'all have a good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.